0: Hello friends, good morning. This is your friend PK and it's such a joy and an honor to come your way with God's living word. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning and this day. This is a day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we have a time together again today. May it be a fruitful time in Your Word. May it be a liberating time in Your Word. The Bible says that the entrance of Your Word giveth light, and bring it bringeth understanding to the simple. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that that would be the impact that Your Word would have on my hearers today. In the name of Jesus, let it liberate, let it free let it propel us into holy righteous living. Let it be, O gracious God, that the whole goal and aim of this podcast would bring you honor and glory. May this podcast serve that end and that end only. In Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, we, we are so grateful to the Lord. I am particularly so, so thankful to the Lord for giving me the opportunity to be able to meet with you today too. We for the past two weeks we have been looking at the subject of the Trinity, the doctrine of the Trinity. And in our previous podcast, two weeks back, we we started looking at the definitions, the key definitions that that sum up the doctrine. And last week we took time to go into God's word. To ascertain for ourselves whether or not the doctrine is biblical, you know some people claim that it's foreign to scripture, and so our whole quest and aim last week was to see whether or not that claim was true, and we found out that it is a very biblical doctrine, it's actually a doctrine that the Bible teaches and and we we, we saw that right from the first book of of the Bible, the book of beginnings Genesis. And so we walked our way through, I walked you through a number of books in a number of places in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament. Today, I want us to switch over to the New Testament. Uh, if you recall, I told you that um, there is something known as a progressive revelation in, in the study of theology. And the, the whole thing about progressive revelation is that the truth that the Bible teaches is gradually revealed from the old covenant and has its fullest attainment, fullest manifestations under the new covenant. And so God was pleased to reveal himself in, in bits and pieces and, and then um, fully blow us out with the fullest manifestation with the coming of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ and so the things that the bible teaches is in that order and this is one of the doctrines that that we see the clearest manifestation or the fullest manifestation in the new testament with the coming of christ the coming of christ gave us the fullest revelation about this doctrine and so we want to start i don't want to waste my time i want to go into god's word to see whether or not this doctrine is also taught in the new testament and just as we began with the first book of the Old Covenant, or the first book of the Bible, which was Genesis, we we also begin today's episode with the first book of the New Covenant, the first book of the New Testament, which is Matthew. So, Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Matthew, Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. The Bible says, And when Jesus was baptized, Immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Praise God. I mean, this is the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ by John john the baptist was the one who baptized jesus and the bible clearly tells us that when that episode was unfolding when that when that day happened when that time happened and um, jesus was being baptized when he came out of the water something happened which was unusual and at the same time supernatural the bible says that the heavens were opened And when the heavens opened, the Spirit of God descended in the form of a dove. It was not the Spirit who was a devil. The Spirit took the form of a dove and descended and landed directly upon our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. While he was coming out of the water. And the Bible says that a voice came from the heavens. Now you need to notice the clear. Uh, mention the clear mention of three distinct persons here You, you you will clearly see that and the bible says that the heavens were opened and the spirit of god descended so the first the first person who came into action was the spirit of god descended all right and then he descended on who he descended upon jesus the son of god So you have the Spirit of God and you have the Son of God, Jesus. And then the Bible says that there was a voice that came from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. So the Father also spoke from heaven. So the Spirit descended from heaven and landed on the Son and the Father spoke from heaven. And what He said was that this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. So you have the Spirit, the Son, and the Father. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Clear manifestation of the Trinity, and they 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 all convene at a material point in time. So this is one of the key scriptures that that makes nonsense of of the the people who claim that um the doctrine of the trinity teaches that god is one but he reveals himself in three different ways if that is the case which is not the case anyway but if that were the case then how do you explain this phenomenon because i mean you will see that the father spoke from the heavens when the sun was in the waters and the spirit had descended upon him how do you explain it? If it's only one person who manifests in three different ways, how do you explain the scripture? Clearly teaches that there are three distinct personalities who make up who make up the Godhead. And when Jesus was at the end of his life, he had risen from the dead, he had met up with his disciples, and he was giving them their marching orders because Jesus pretty soon would be taken away from them. And so he was giving them their marching orders before he is whisked away. And so he says something in Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28 verse 19. This is what is known as the Great Commission. Listen to what Jesus says. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit here again Jesus is clearly showing us that there are three personalities within the Godhead If, if it were not so Jesus could have simply said go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of God I mean he he, he could have he could have simply said that and that would have that that would have just been true just as he has said the father the son and the holy spirit but I'm very convinced that he said that to give us a fullest clearest clearest thought about the fact that and about the reality that the Godhead is made up of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit yeah this is a proof that there are only three personalities within the Godhead this is a proof this is a proof and I I'll, I'll, I'll keep on showing you a number of scriptures that convinces me that there is no more than numbers within the Godhead is no more than three and is not less than three. it is three the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. well my next proof, text my next proof text is first corinthians so turn with me to first corinthians chapter 12 this is a popular um, chapter concerning spiritual gifts uh, it's a very wonderful chapter first corinthians chapter 12 um, we shall be reading from the verse 4 to 6. Before we read, I want you to understand something. In the New Testament, the writers of the New Testament, anytime they are referring to the Father, most often than not, when they are referring to the Father, they use the word God. And when they are referring to specifically the Lord Jesus, they use the word Lord. And so you, you'll find that through the writings of the New Testament. I mean, you, you, you will clearly see that anytime they want to refer distinctly to the Father, they use God. And when they, refer to, when they want to refer distinctly to Jesus Christ, they use the word Lord. Yeah, of course, He was Lord. He was their Lord and He is our Lord. And that is what the Bible says, that if you confess the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. You need to confess Him as Lord. You need to confess Him as Lord. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Verses four to six. Now there are diverse, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. Notice the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all, in everyone. Let me take it again. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Lord. The same Lord. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord, same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Same spirit, same Lord, same God. Same spirit, same Lord, same God. Why why would the writers of the New Testament, the human writers, why would they bother to make such distinction? Well, they will bother to make such distinction because that is a distinction that exists within a Godhead. There is a Father, and there is a Son, and there is a Spirit. It always amazes me that they put them on the same pedal. They put them on the same pedal. They had an understanding that that was unique, that the Son was not any more greater than the Father than the Father greater than the Spirit. No. No. No wonder Jesus says in John 10:30 I and the Father are one. We are one. They are one. They are the same. They have the same attribute. They have the same powers at their disposal. No one is greater than the other. Yeah. And so it is the same spirit, it is the same Lord, it is the same God. Same spirit, same Lord, same God. In the last, in the last verse of 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 13. 2nd Corinthians chapter 13. The same apostle Paul. The same apostle Paul. Listen to what he says. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The Lord Jesus. The love of God and the Spirit. Again, it's 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 impossible to separate these three people. And if there's any more personality in addition to these three, his name, that personality's name would have appeared. But as as it is, you don't see that person's name appearing anywhere in Scripture. You you don't see Mary. No, you don't. You don't see Mary. So we we don't worship Mary. No. It's idolatry to worship Mary. It's an idolatrous, sinful thing to worship her. And by the way, she has not heard any, any one of the prayers that has been whispered to her. Since the beginning of the world. More one of them. Yeah. We don't worship. We don't worship Joseph. No. The earthly father of Jesus. No, we don't. We worship the father. And the son. And the spirit. Because these are the distinct personalities. Who make up the Godhead. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 4 to 6 the Bible says there is one body and one spirit just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call one Lord one faith one baptism one God and Father of all who is over all and through all, and in all. Let me read that again. There is one body, and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, and is over all, and through all, and in all. This is a beautiful scripture. Paul says that, there's actually Christians we don't serve we, we don't serve three gods. No, Paul says we serve one God. Uh, anytime a Christian is baptized, anytime a Christian becomes any anytime anybody becomes a Christian, that person is baptized into one God. <laughs> He's baptized into one Lord. One faith, one baptism. And you 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 see this, see this from the verse 4. He says that. It is one body and one spirit one body and one spirit we have been united by one spirit by one lord into one god the spirit the son and the father I mentioned to you earlier that the New Testament writers, when they refer distinctly to God, they are referring to the Father. And when they refer distinctly to Jesus Christ, they use the word Lord. So the Spirit, Lord, and God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it's actually a doctrine that the, the, the early Christians held to heart and they, they realized that it was it was impossible to separate them anybody who attempts at separating them is doing is doing a sinful thing you you can't and you shouldn't attempt and it's equally a sinful thing to try to to try to to make one of them lesser than who he is no 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 in fact one, in the early church in Acts chapter 6, a couple tried to, I mean, what what they did, I mean, in everyday life, it, it, was, it was almost pardonable. But they were struck down to death. And Apostle Peter says, it's a sinful thing to lie against the Holy Spirit because in effect, if you are lying against the Holy Spirit, you are lying against God. It's a sinful thing. You are lying against the Father. You are lying against the Son just as you are lying against the Spirit and they were struck down to death immediately because the holy spirit is god is god you don't dare you don't dare to sin against him just as you don't dare to sin against god our sins took jesus to the cross that's how serious god is about sin sin took jesus to the cross and it was the sins of you and i that nailed him to the cross but praise be to God that you and I are now accepted as beloved by dint of the sacrifice of Christ. Praise God. Praise God. 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 2. This is how Apostle Peter also opens his letter. He says according to the foreknowledge of God, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with His blood. Let me take it again. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with His blood. Here again, the Father, the Spirit, the Son, Jesus. The Father, the Spirit, the Son. In fact, even in this text, Apostle Peter clearly says, God the Father, indicating that there's, there are other components. There's God the Son or the God the Spirit, as he mentions in the same line, in the same verse. Because it's impossible to separate them. It, it, it's impossible to separate them. And yet, they are distinct personalities within that godhead let's look at the penultimate book of the of the new testament jude 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 is only a chapter and so jude 20 and 21 jude 20 and 21 but you beloved build yourself up in your most holy faith Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Holy Spirit, God, the Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, God, the Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, God, the Lord Jesus. Did you notice, did you notice the number of writers who have written about this Matthew was written by Matthew Matthew was one of the disciples Corinthians was written by Paul Paul was not one of the immediate disciples of Jesus but he later became an apostle because he met Jesus Ephesians was written by Paul first Peter was written by Peter who was one of the disciples in fact he was the pillar around which All the movements that Jesus did with his disciples revolved. Jude was not one of the disciples. He was a half-brother of Jesus who later became a follower of Christ when Christ had been taken away. And so it's not just one person. So you have a combination of people who were immediate disciples and people who later became disciples after Jesus had gone. And they all speak to one thing. They all speak to one thing. They all affirm one thing. They all explain. And they are trying to communicate this truth to us that the Godhead is constituted by three distinct personalities. They are saying the Godhead is constituted by three distinct personalities. I say that again. These writers are telling us that the Godhead is constituted by three distinct personalities. And who are they? Who are they? The father the son and the Holy Spirit it is not as Mohammed said that is Jesus Mary and God no that's not the Trinity and it's it's unbelievable that something as basic as this Christian doctrine which the Bible clearly teaches somebody would come after 600 years and say well it's it's false and and it's not true and, and so you you you, sh- you shouldn't follow and so those who are following are going to hell it's it's intriguing i i can't wrap my around my, my mind around it because you were not there you didn't walk with jesus but these are men who walked with jesus and these are people who became followers of jesus who who were close to the people who were very close to jesus so how do you come 500 years after the fact and try to say that what happened in the first century is not true and it's false. What we claim to be true now is false because it wasn't so. When people who were walking with a man in and out are given a testimony that this is the real situation, I choose to believe an eyewitness that I hear say, and this is this this is an eyewitness account. I choose to believe an eyewitness account about the constitution of the Godhead. And so the decision is yours to make, actually. Yeah. I mean, my whole endeavor in this whole podcast, in this series of teachings about the doctrine of Trinity, is to prove to you, I'm I'm not in to convince, because I can't convince. It is a work of the Holy Spirit to convince and to apply it to your heart. But I'm only using these truths that I see in the Word of God as a proof to you that this doctrine, not only is it foundational but it's biblical and so after having said all these things the decision is rather yours to choose either to believe or to disbelieve and there are consequences for each of the belief each of the decision you take there are consequences for it if you choose to believe and embrace this truth and confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and He becomes your treasured Lord and Savior, and then He baths you into that same one body, then you are a treasured possession. Not only do you have hope here in life, but the biggest of, and the most, the most wonderful of the hope is post-life. Where right now, you spend time in eternity in the presence of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. But if you reject this truth, what the consequences is, you will spend eternity outside of the presence of this Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But I beseech you, by the mercies of God, to embrace this truth. Take up, listen to the podcast over and over and over again, and pray over them. And ask the Holy Spirit to remove every scale from your eyes. Ask the Holy Spirit to apply these truths to your heart. And cause him, tell Him to show you. He's going to show you. As you read the scriptures. As you pray. He would help you. And it's my prayer. That you will receive help. From heaven. Let's pray. Father, thank you so very much for this morning. For this privilege you have given us to. Bring the concluding part in this series of teachings about the doctrine to an end. We have ended it, but we have not in any way exhausted all the truths that your word can teach. We are only restricted and restrained by time. A day is coming in our life where we shall stand before this Trinity and see them clearly for who they are. or what joy that they would be! And it's my prayer that every one of these listeners of mine would also join the host who would be whisked away into eternity to behold and to worship this blessed trinity. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, we have come to the end of another exciting journey into A very difficult doctrine. It's a thorny doctrine, I know. A difficult one, I know. A controversial one, I know. Nevertheless, it is true. And it's biblical. And so, until I come your way um, next week with God's true word, uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Uh, May the Lord make His face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift His countenance upon you and give you his peace even now and forevermore. Bye bye.